At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, from heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. I'd like you to hear with me again the gospel reading that we heard just moments ago to, again, get focused on this particular time in history as we look at what it means for us in our time of history. Mark 1, 14 to 20. After John, that is John the Baptist, was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come. He said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is the word of God's good news. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Savior of all people, the one who loves you and me and, and all people, Dear sisters and brothers in Christ, and especially I want to say, dear family of God, or those who are going to become family of God who might be listening someplace else at this moment as it's being live streamed, or maybe you're going to stumble upon this sometime later in history when it's a um, reminder of what happened at this moment. And furthermore, I know we're inviting a lot of those who have not been in God's house for some time to Keep the ties close to their family of God at this place. A special greeting to you, too, however long and however far away you may be. It's a pleasure to be here this morning to consider God's word with you. Psalm 27, verse 4, the opening part of that verse says, One thing I ask of the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Some of you had, were here in the first Sunday in January or you were watching live stream when I had the privilege to talk about the meaning of that. And we saw at that time that we wanted to live in this 2021 with a single-minded focus especially cultivating an awareness of the presence of God at every moment in our life, being aware of God's presence, seeing him in his creative world around us, listening to him in his word, talking with him in our prayers, just heightening this intense focus upon our companionship with God on our way through life. And on that day, I asked you, to join me in encouraging one another and asking each other, how are you doing on that single-minded focus, cultivating an awareness of your Savior, Creator, God's presence in your life? I didn't realize at that time that a couple of weeks later I'd have the chance of speaking with you again, and 
I suppose now would be a time to check up and say to those of you who remember that, how are you doing with that single-minded focus? And you're all masked up and you can't answer me, and you maybe wouldn't anyway. I guess I could answer you. How am I doing? I've taken time every day since then, as I always do, to cultivate that habit of listening to God's Word, taking time for it. I think about, try and think about God as I take my daily walks and in other events in life. But at the same time, I have to admit to you, I could do a lot better. I really could. I like to hear the Word of God first thing in my day after getting up in the morning and doing the necessary things, sit in that chair and get out the Word and a cup of coffee and take time to read. I try not to look at the news or any other messages before that because those things aren't as important. But I'm not going to lie to you and say that I don't think about or get distracted by other things because I do. Despite my sincere intentions and efforts, I do. In fact, sometimes, you know, all newsworthy, it seems, or at least news-filled, this unquiet world, as the opening prayer said, how much news there's been in 2021, and those things press upon us around the clock if we let them. And there are times in the morning when I struggle to not be wondering, well, what's the weather going to be for today, huh? Or... How did that come out last night, that vote or this action? Or what's happening with our economy? What's happening with this COVID plague that has come upon us in our world? So that sometimes perhaps even I or you could fall into a situation where I'm doing my duty and I'm reading my word first, but my heart is a little bit elsewhere, my mind thinking about some other things and missing out on that focus on God, not giving him the eye or ear contact he desires and I desire and he deserves and I need. So here again, as I stand before you this morning and share God's word with you, I am reminded to be single-minded, to see to it that I enjoy life in the kingdom of God and not get distracted and overwhelmed, as the apostle said in the second reading, not get distracted by the kingdom of this world, to not let other things crowd out my relationship with God, to stay single-minded, cultivating that awareness of God. As Jesus says to me today, and I believe he's saying it to you too, it's time. It's time, Bob. I ask myself and I ask you today, how strong do you want your companionship and your walk with Jesus to be? You trust in him as your savior. You know he's prepared a home for you in heaven. You rely on him for forgiveness of sins. How close do you want your relationship to be with him in your daily walk on this January 24th and whatever days you and I may have or our world may have in 2021? How close do you want it to be? You want to keep him just a little bit, give me a little bit more than six feet social distance in Jesus? Uh, just don't get quite so close. And I want you there if I need, when I, I, I will need you. When trouble comes or when I want something or need something for myself or others, then I want you to be right there listening and focused on me, Jesus. But let's 
be reasonable and keep a little bit of a distance. I have other things. As I'm describing that, that's not what you want, is it? And that's not what I want. I want a close companionship with my Savior, that shepherd who really has me in his arms. I want a close walk with him, really close. I want to be aware of his presence and be listening to his good shepherd's voice at all times, being reminded of what he did for me and what he desires from me in loving response. A close companionship with Jesus. It's time. It's always time for that. The Gospel reading says, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. John the Baptist had awakened the people of Israel in Galilee in the north and also in Judea and elsewhere. The word went out. He told people, it's time. The time of fulfillment has come. The promised Savior is at the door. Get ready for him. It's time. Now, in that worldly time that was in which John was living and proclaiming and preparing people to receive Jesus properly, recognizing their sin and their need for him as Savior and as their friend and guide, in that time in which John the Baptist did that, all of a sudden God said, John the Baptist, your ministry is coming to a close. John was put in prison by wicked King Herod. And you know the rest of the story wouldn't be long before Herod would have John the Baptist's head severed from his body at the request of Herod's live-in lover and her daughter. In those shocking circumstances of that time period, Jesus was emotionally troubled, yes, when he heard of John's death and now of his imprisonment, but Jesus did not stop his work by any means. He intensified, if that's possible, his relationship with God and went on with what God had called him to do, and he did it perfectly. Now Jesus himself comes into the region between, around Galilee, probably between the Sea of Galilee and the sea coast, the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, those two ancient tribes of Israel, and he shakes up that world that John the Baptist had shaken up with the same message. He comes to those people, he says, folks, it's time. He says, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. People, wake up. The alarm's going off. It's time. It's your time of grace. It's your lifetime. It's time to come into a renewed and stay in a ever-increasing new life relationship with God, your creator, your sustainer, and especially God, your savior, and the one who wants you to lead you in your life. It's time. Jesus wakes up the people of Zebulun and Naphtali and all of Galilee. It's time to wake up. He says, the kingdom of God is near. You've been living in this kingdom of the world. You're living as if God's not in charge. 
You're concerned about the Romans oppressing you. You're concerned about the cultural changes in your synagogue and your community. You're worried about your economic future. You're troubled by your health. You've got your family problems. You're so focused on all those things, those political relationships and social relationships, but they'll all fall into place properly when they're secondary. The kingdom of God is at hand. Come on in. Come on in. Open your eyes and your hearts and your minds and your lives to God's world. He's welcoming you. He wants you to live in relationship with him. You know, sisters and brothers, wherever you are this morning, especially you here, there's no doubt about the relationship that Jesus wants to have with you and me. He's been as close as our sin as he took responsibility for it all. He's been close as our flesh and blood when he took that flesh and blood to live his life without sin and then to die on the cross with our guilt and the guilt of all people that ever lived. Unimaginable, calculated by God, paid for by his son, willingly and lovingly. Jesus saying to me and to you this day and every day, it's time, come on in. Live in relationship with me. The kingdom of God is open to you through faith in me. God's your Savior who loves you. He'll take care of all your needs. Come on in. Get out of the darkness of your own sin and guilt from your recent or distant past. Come on in. Have a real relationship. Enjoy being loved by God. The kingdom of heaven is available to you. Walk on into God's presence, invited by his love and enabled by his spirit of Christ Jesus. Come on in. But he didn't stop there. Jesus said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. You've heard probably many times that to repent means to have a change of mind and heart. And that results in a change in life. Repent, Jesus says. Change your mind. Stop thinking that you can live most of your life or even some of your life a little bit distant from God. That you're self-sufficient. That you can, your ideas and your heartfelt desires and your goals in life are, they're good for you. And yes, God, I, I hear you, but hey, I got a mind of my own, you know. Jesus said, repent of it. Confess all your sins, recent or distant past. Just admit them to God. Ask pardon for trying to live this life as if it wasn't connected to him and to exist in his world as if he didn't create it and isn't caring for it and didn't redeem it. Change your mind. And not only change your mind about yourself and your own behaviors, and your own thoughts and your own self-sufficiency or your own abandonment or despair, change your mind about God, too. He's not out to get you as your guilty conscience and as the devil would like to say to you, and sometimes other Christians mislead you, too. I heard this week from someone like that. A person said, my sister said my troubles are because of things I did way, way long time ago. Told her Jesus paid for those. 
you've confessed them. You don't have to be living in that shadow any longer. Come into the light of Christ's love and forgiveness. You're living a new life. Change your mind about God. He's not out to get you. He's out to get you, to embrace you with his love for you in Jesus, that everlasting love, to be there to wash away the memory of your sins as well as their guilt, which has already been done. He's forgotten them to enable you to forget them too. He says, change your mind about God. Believe. He says, repent and believe the good news. Come on into God's kingdom and hear the good news. God doesn't hate you, although he could because of our unlikeness to him, our unholiness and sin. He doesn't hate us. He doesn't accept our sins, but he took it as his own. He has forgiven them all. He has forgotten them for the sake of his son. You don't have to keep rehearsing all the wrongs from distant past. If you haven't done it yet, do it once. And the things that more recently or even today where you realize that wasn't the way I should have gone or I should have done this or I shouldn't have said that, and all, you know, all those coulda, shoulda, wouldas, take them to God one time. Say, God, I admit, and show me where I'm wrong and I don't even aware of it. I'm sorry for them all, God. Forgive me for Jesus' sake and believe the good news, Jesus said. God does love you. Forgiveness is not in the future, it's in the present guaranteed by the past when he died and rose again. You're pardoned. It's good news. God wants a relationship with you. The one who has saved you. A relationship where he cares for you and guides you and where his spirit of Christ within you empowers you to desire and to do what's new and good. It's time. Come on in. Through faith in Jesus, you are already in the family of God. Enjoy it. Enjoy your relationship. Enjoy being loved. And find joy in loving him back by loving others in the circumstances in which you find yourself. And here come in then Andrew and Simon Peter and also James and John right there. They're going about their life. It's an honorable profession, fishing working in the family business in the case of those sons of Zebedee. They're going to continue doing that. That's what they think their life is going to be. And Jesus comes in. He had already met them before. They heard from John the Baptist, whose disciples they had been, that this Jesus of Nazareth was their Savior, and they believed in him. They didn't know the fullness and hadn't seen the fullness of his glory yet. They had not seen the path that he would walk and the miracles that he would all do, the death he would die, the grave and the resurrection and ascension to rule over all things. They hadn't seen that yet. And Jesus wanted them to see that and to record it and to report it so that people even today in 2021 and until the end of time could hear about it. They were disciples, and God gave them as disciples a special task. What a burden, huh? To live with Jesus night and day for a couple of years, <laughs> to listen to his words, to experience his love, to see his power, to watch him live life in the kingdom of God the way it should be lived, and to know he's doing that for us. What a joy. 
was given to them to become apostles, specially equipped and sent people. I have never been that, an apostle. I don't have original messages from God that have never been heard before. He, hasn't, he could give me one, but I don't think that he ever has. Certainly not on the level that he did with them, right? But that doesn't mean that I or you don't have a task as they did. Within the church, he gives people, pastors and teachers, evangelists, other people, people with special, everybody gifted with opportunities to serve, to have a life in which we're not at the center, but Christ is. And where I say, Jesus, I love you for what you've done and loving me, what can I do for you? He says, here, I'll show you. Here's somebody in their circumstance and need. Here's what you can do. Sometimes you'll say, I want you to do this. And you say, wow, really? I don't know if I can do that. And he says, I'll help you. I wouldn't give you the opportunity if I didn't give you the spirit to do it. And he gives us a real life with Jesus at the center and with Christ flowing through us as the light shines of Christ, showing it to others as they see the glory of God and the face and grace of Christ through the members of the body of Christ, which is what every believer is, a member of the body of which Jesus is the head. It's time. It's time for that kind of life. Maybe you've already discovered that. Praise God. Maybe you've known that and you've struggled with doing it. I do too. But we live in the kingdom of fresh starts. Man, if God didn't give me a fresh start every moment, every day, I wouldn't be here in front of you now by any means. We have a fresh start from Christ all the time. His love is always refreshing. And his spirit is always there to, to comfort, to guide, to give us peace and joy and hope, and to help us to see and to seize opportunities to serve. So, how you doing in 2021? Are you single-minded, as we saw at the start of the year? Are you cultivating an awareness of God's presence, that you're living in the world of God, your Father, ruled by your Savior, brother Christ Jesus, who's got everything under his feet? Are you enjoying that? Are you so bogged down by, well, maybe joyful events that aren't sinful and wrong, but overwhelmed and giving them too much attention? Are you maybe burdened by your past, by what you've done or by what others have done to you? Are you so overwhelmed by the depressing, disturbing news that seems to be the same old, same old, even when names and faces and places change? Don't get into that. Don't let yourself go back to that. It's time. Jesus says to us today, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. It's come to us. It's coming to us right now. Come on into God's world where he, your creator, who takes care of you and who has saved you, where he really is in charge. He is. Enjoy being loved and forgiven by him. Forgive those who in your past, distant or more recent, have terribly hurt you. Forget about the things where you've hurt others 
after you've confessed them to them. Move on. Fresh start in Christ. All the past things that we've done or suffered, as we see them forgiven in Christ and forgive others in Christ, all those things equip us to relate to other people who've gone through similar things. Live in this kingdom of God's grace. Come on in. Repent. Believe the good news. And as you, like Peter and Andrew and James and John from centuries ago, as God brings to your heart and mind, puts on your conscience, you might say, people and circumstances and opportunities where you can do something that will honor God and bring his blessing to them, do it and enjoy it. That's a life. You know that. It's time. God wants us to enjoy a full companionship with him so that he can affect all our other companionships and all our commitments. He'll do it. He'll do it through you and in you. Praise be to Jesus. Amen. Please stand if you're able to do that.